Hi, AJ here, bringing you yet another message on behalf of Diversion. So, I have a few thoughts. And I think the way I want to structure these thoughts is I want to give a lot of depth and context, but also keep it high level enough and motivational enough for you to really get it and understand it and comprehend it. Um, I think how I want to break down these thoughts and these, and these tips and points of views is I want to make it incredibly clear that I believe in every single thing I'm about to say the most. I believe that organizations really need to spend a lot of time, energy, and resources taking what I'm about to say seriously. And um, I believe that if they do, not only will they have a, a larger business, a more efficient and productive business, but a business they can be proud of. I'll start this way. I've often said to myself, and, and I said this a lot publicly years ago, but I've, al I've always said to myself, if you don't want to be a great leader, if you don't want to build a great culture, if you don't want to do any of those things because it's the right thing to do, do it because you ask yourself this one simple question. Would I want my daughter, my son, my child, my partner, my spouse, a family member to work inside of a company that doesn't take DEI seriously, to work inside of a company that, is, that does not feel inclusive, to work inside of a company where I don't see people that look like me and have my same background, to work inside of a company where I don't feel psychologically safe to bring up new ideas to my boss, to work inside of a company where, you see what I'm going? Like I can, I can give so many different examples. I often say to every single leader I come across, if it's not important to do the work because it's just damn right the right thing to do. If you're not excited to do the work, even for the financial gains, and the productivity gains. Do the work because you know for a fact if this was your father, your mother, your family member, a child, a partner, walking those halls or living in that organization virtually, if they were a part of cultures that did not embody everything that DEI and B has to offer, would you want them to be in that environment? Would you want them to feel those complicated moments? Typically, if they're being honest, the answer is no. Typically, if they're being honest, the answer is hell no. And so if that's the case, what I want to share today is a few thoughts around what I believe DE&I needs to honestly start looking like inside of companies operationally, and what it looks like to really stand up a lot of these efforts. I think not at one time, but if an organization was to look over a five-year roadmap, this is how I would strategically unpack that roadmap. And this can be, from my, from my head of DE&I's point of view, this can be from a head of people point of view, this can be from multiple points of views. The first thing I'm doing as I enter the company is, and, I'm, and this is off the this is off the dome here. This is freestyle. Um, 
this was inspired by a conversation I just had about an hour ago, though. Um, the first thing that I'm doing when I go inside the company is, see, there's so many things to choose from. Like, what's the number one thing that I'm doing first? Um, give me three. I got to have three. If you bring me into your company and said, Anthony, you can only start with three DEI and B efforts, initiatives, budget's not an issue, um, do whatever, anything you want, but you can only do three. I'm probably mandating that every single leader go through training and readjust their KPIs, their OKRs, and the expectations of them being a manager and leader within this company around how to truly bake in psychological safety from the following structure. I would make sure every single leader understands how to go to the 5, 12, 15 employees that they lead. And I would make sure that they understand and go through the process of understanding those employees' communication preferences, things that are scaring the everlasting shit out of those employees, pardon my French, and things that are completely, things that are completely making these employees unhappy subconsciously or consciously. I would attack those variables first. I would educate the importance of psychological safety. I would, I would, I would advocate and make sure it's very clear that psychological safety, a lack of that will not be tolerated within this company. I would make it very clear that managers will be held responsible to a certain degree around how comfortable an employee feels because if an employee does not, because I'll make it very simple, I would mandate that myself personally or other members of the HR team will be sitting down with employees at an individual level in a survey format and other ways to extract the data that we need to make sure managers are doing the best thing they need to do to drive that psychological safety. Number one, things like in the survey would look like to the employee, how comfortable are you presenting and bringing up new ideas to your to your supervisor? How comfortable are you pushing back on ideas with your supervisor? How often does your supervisor come to you and ask you for feedback and, and perspective before a new idea or an initiative is, is off the ground? How often does your supervisor come to you for feedback, for support? How often does your supervisor come to you and ask you how you would like to be implemented and utilized within this new focus, within this pivot, in a way that drives and fuels your energy, your passion, takes your inputs and your ideas, and actually bakes it into the work that's going to be ahead of us? How often do any of those things happen? And then what I would do is I would make sure leaders and managers know how to actually do those things have systems and processes and ways of measurement of making sure those things are happening. So that would be the first thing I tackle. I think the second thing I would tackle is on the recruiting side because companies are always recruiting. I would, I would selfishly implement Beyond Brand because I think it's very important as an organization that we understand how to create inclusive environments, even in the interview process, by being vulnerable. I've noticed in my dating world, in my family life, with my friends, with coworkers, 
The more vulnerable I am up front, the more vulnerable people feel they can be with me. So I would probably do that. Uh, make sh- making sure that every single applicant feels incredibly uncomfortable uncom- throughout the interview process. I would make sure that the information that we're sharing with applicants are, are thoughtful, are detailed, are nuanced. Um, and then finally, I would make sure the recruiters and the hiring managers are held to a very high standard of, of maintaining that level of transparency, um, keeping track of the data around where applicants are leaning in more um, so that can guide the questions and the categories that we, um, that we operationalize in uniform for, for the Beyond Brand effort. So a few things like that. Um, I think the third thing I would do it's a lot I can do. Um, I think the third thing I would do is I would create, I would tackle career mapping for my DEI lens. I think one of the biggest things that has that has driven me personally crazy, the times I've been inside of companies, the times that I've been a leader inside of companies that are larger than the ones that I started personally, and just frankly with the professionals, period, is a lack of true structure, support, and and passion to know the contextual nature, nuance, and goals of an individual and actually acting on it. There are so many leaders and managers in companies that have no freaking idea the career mapping goals of an individual of one of an employee. How does that show up and what does that look like from a skill development perspective, mentoring, mentorships, L&D, titles, the financials that can come along with the new role. role, The best example I can give of how to operationalize it, I would mandate that every single vertical of the business exercises a Keith Ferrazzi framework. Keith Ferrazzi came up this framework where he said, IDPs are not negatives, they're positives. Every single part of the business needs to have a clean roadmap, a simple but 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 a simple but impactful and honest roadmap of how an employee can go from A to B, B to C, C to D. There should be a clean, very clear to understand roadmap of how you can go where you are now to where you want to be. Roles financials, responsibility, efforts, teams. It should be very clear. And every single organization and every single leader should understand what Sarah wants to do at any given time. I love what Gary Vaynerchuk said when he said, a lot of that ebbs and flows. And I think as an operation, we would have the ability to ebb and flow with that data to know what that data is on a quarterly basis, every four months or so. Stay on top of that. Making sure that our employees know that we're going to respect their diversity, act and be on the offense with their diversity and lean in, support. So, these are just a few thoughts. I'm actually gonna pause here, probably make a part two, but just wanted to share my thoughts on I think the first three things that I would tackle if I was a DEI leader coming into a company today, and a um, few things that I mentioned are not expensive, um, they're not difficult to pull off. It just takes a little time, a little effort, 
and someone that cares. As always, just a few thoughts, just a few perspectives. We'll talk soon.